1: Now TV gives you the best seat in the house for the start of the new football season. As you can stream Sky Sports, Premier Sports and BT Sport together and all without a contract. Now that's more like it! So, whether you're lining up for the Premier League and the EFL Championship...
0: Oh, it's a stunner!
1: ...or the Scottish Premiership and Serie A... The
0: title race is blown open!
1: ...you can now tackle the lot. Your sport on your terms. Search Now TV Sports. 18 plus content streamed via internet. Full terms apply.
2: Yes, we're here with a legend, Jimmy Nicol. How are you doing, mate? All right? No, I'm doing great. Sorry, thank Thanks you. very much for coming on. No, looks all. Uh, we're in Port Collis. What a gaffe, eh? So is this your local or is it still the Loudoun? <laughs> uh, brilliant. We'll get a few pints after this, uh, eh? In the Loudoun? <laughs> I'll get chucked out there. Yeah, yeah. Always ask my most important question first, so here it goes. Have you ever had to go on Jimmy Caldery's Sunbed? <laughs> Did you ever get a shot? Timmy never had
3: a sunbed. <laughs> Timmy, no.
2: that
3: Timmy never had a sunbed. I know he's from Govan and it doesn't look as though he is a Govan man, but but his mother and his father and his his wife, his sons, they're all the same. No, they're, uh-huh. they're all tell but you Timmy, ni- Timmy, never, uh... Timmy never went on a sunbed. Never. Great colour. Answer, wasn't it? It. A, great colour. a brilliant colour. No wonder because we used to go to. York every I year. Mean, I heard that. Went, that went was that's New York
2: coming
3: game. by the uh, way, Magaluf. Oh, yeah. but And Jimmy had a place there. We used to go and crash out of his place. And, and you would go with the protect. boys,
2: wouldn't you? The team? You
3: took the teams? Yeah, well, he did <laughs> it when he was in Holland. So when he came to Dunfermline, he did the same thing at the end of the season. Staff, players, chairman, directors. Oh, all go to Magaluf, go to the Guadeloupe Hotel, get a deal in the Guadeloupe near the Britannia, the piano bar. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> and, place. The, and it was great during the day, a bit of crack during the day. And then there was only one rule. You had to be in, uh, uh, what was it, Papa Joe's down there? Beside. Papa Joe's, yeah, huh? yeah. you had to be in Papa Joe's for 7 o'clock at night. And if you didn't, if you weren't there at 7 o'clock, then you got fined. Because the boys are on the beach all day drinking daiquiris and all. They're out of their brains for a week, you know. So that was the only rule he had. And then we go over, walk across to the Guadalupe Hotel, have your dinner, chardonnay. Then back out again. What That's when team. the boys used to then. We're all about drinking to Britannia and in the streets just went. The young ones went up that street and even up the other street. You know. I'm not ask what street that was.
2: You no. Know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to talk about your career now, mate. Uh, born in Canada, but was it not until you relocated to Belfast that you, you found a lot for football?
3: Well, I was, I was in Canada, I, was on, I left there when I was three. Three, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I <laughs> was kicking it? a ball at two or oh, three. Well, your man <laughs> Dale Taylor's picked it up if he kicked a ball at two or three, but you know. Um, and then that was it, well, I went back to my dad I went back to Belfast and uh, my is from Greenock. Oh sure right? She's a Greenock woman, aye. She was she a and she's a good player. She's a good player, yeah, Green and Morton. And uh, I not say anything about Morton after getting beat last week, but <sighs> she's a Greenock woman and uh, they met in Toronto, they get married. I had three lads, I was the eldest of three and then my dad decided to come back to Belfast. He was a goalkeeper, he played for Balamini United. Oh, did know right? Aye, and he was uh, offered a chance to go to the Toronto to play to play, soccer as they call it. Here's an opportunity to come to play football, earn a few bob, we'll get you a job, and and that's why you end up there. And my ma was visiting her sister, who was getting married, and they met at the dancing, and they getting married there. And Love my it. dad was playing, and he and he was playing for well, it was, it was a team called Ulster United. <laughs> <laughs> was it? I won't, won't say what football kick was, but, but he, he was playing for Ulster United, and through that, he was picked for uh, Ontario All-Stars as a goalkeeper. In 1957, I was born in 1956. In um he was picked for the All-Star team against Spurs, who were on a, a tour. Hey. Danny and Bill Nicholson was the manager and all these players. And he played against Spurs, and he was brilliant. According to my mate, he was brilliant. And Danny Blanchflower, who was from Northern Ireland, went to Bill Nicholson and said, you better take that young goalkeeper. Take him, my dad was only 22 20 Take him on the tour, the rest of the tour with us, and bring him back to London and send him as a goalkeeper. And what happened? He said no. <laughs> Who, Bill Nicholson said no? No, my dad. Why? He just didn't. Nobody well, you know that about us? I don't, I, I don't know what he was thinking about. Maybe oh, London or what, he, I don't know what. I could have been sitting here with a cut in the accent. Can you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> could said yes and got this bird. He didn't, but he didn't. So he came back to Northern Ireland and fled there. And then just... to see you and your brothers, would
2: you just go and hit shots against your dad and stuff like that? Would you, would you, oh, take I, you to I mean, it? I did.
3: Well, you know yourself, you don't need me to tell you, because we're all... I'd like to think you're all the same. You didn't not play football with your, the dads and all the neighbours and yeah. all outside, did you not? I uh-huh, no? did, had. Uh-huh. Did you? Uh-huh. That, that was our summer. Yeah. The men come back from work, in the house... Get their coats off and then into this big green area we had right in front of the house and that I was at all the dads and all the kids and all playing football, that was it.
2: Brilliant, yeah. Uh, Northern Ireland <coughs> in the seventies. How hard was it to play while the troubles were going on?
3: Well, you had to be quick.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> so listen, mate, like we were brought up in a place called Rathcoe, and I always talk about it because it's the making of these places, just down the earth. Hard working people that go out in town and turn, make a living. And, you know, I had the biggest paper in Rath. I had 173 papers Protestant, Catholic, Protestant, Catholic, from the bottom of Rathkiel to the top. And all our neighbours were brilliant. And they went to different schools, of course. The Catholics, one day wouldn't, we were not good. they go to Stella Marsh, they go to different schools. But they were still all your mates playing football and whatever. You. And, uh, and there was nothing, Lath- it was a great place to get brought up.
2: And Did
3: then you the, see anything bad, Jimmy? And then, and then, sorry? Did you see any bad stuff, really bad stuff happening? And, and not bad in a sense, because at that, you know, the, the, then they started bombing Belfast. So when they started bombing Belfast, then, you know, listen, all the, all the all the presidents wanted to come out of Belfast to go somewhere safer. We were a big council estate close to Belfast, so it was a wee bit you know, then they moved into Rathcool and then all of a sudden Rathcool became an all Protestant estate and you know, so things changed very quickly and and um Were you ever scared grown you know, Well a couple of incidents. I mean there was incidents where if you my brother got caught in Belfast once when the circle Belfast full of bombs. Everywhere you ran you were just going around the circle, circle and our Joe was in a well our John, his name's John, but nickname of Joe he was Joe ninety, he used to wear glasses. But he was in a running club and our Joe was up in Belfast and uh then one went off, you just run away. Everybody's running, just running the circle. He could cut in Belfast the day of the bombs, went off in that circle. Right. We're in cool, he's in Belfast, we couldn't get the hold of him. <clears throat> no phones or nothing, And we just had to wait until he came home, you know. My dad worked for he was a bus driver in Ulster bus and and um, he jumped in the bus and up to sea, you know, just to see if we could find him somewhere. But he, he, he arrived home, all right, and cut and what have you, but it was um, it was, there was a few instances where you know where you think. Well, is this is just the way life's gonna be, you know.
2: But. Uh-huh. And then Man United come calling. So well, you leave.
3: Well, the last Saturday, what happened? The last Saturday of every month, at 15, when you're an apprentice at 15, the last Saturday of every month, you're allowed to go home. And say I say I was playing against Preston. I was 15. Then I would go from Preston to Liverpool. Get the, at 15, then get on the boat from Liverpool at nine o'clock on a Saturday night. Get into Belfast. 7 o'clock Sunday morning, then get a bus to Rathcool, be with my family Sunday, Monday. Then into Belfast, get the 9 o'clock boat, Belfast, Monday night, get into Liverpool, 7 o'clock in the morning, and then get a train to the training ground in Manchester. And, you know, I I see mothers picking up their kids at 17 years of age
2: now. I was doing that
3: at 15. The fights on on a Saturday night, if Man United were home and Liverpool were at home, the fights on the boat, because the Man United Belfast supporters... And the Liverpools, the fights on the boats on a Saturday night was, was scary end? with man overboard stuff, you know. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, wow. One day, Tommy Dockett, he says to John Fitzpatrick, John Fitzpatrick played for Aberdeen, in Scotchville, and he was at Man United. He was, he was a great player, John. He was our youth coach. And he said to me, You're not allowed to go home this weekend. And I said, Well, he said, Tommy Dock told me to tell you, You're not allowed to go home
1: for no reason.
3: So it had the opposite effect on me. so I just went home. And uh found out what was happening, what the troubles were. And, and uh, then went back on Tuesday. Tell me, Doc, I thought I, to- I told you you weren't supposed to go home. I said, I know, but I had to find out what was wrong. I know what's wrong. And I won't say what it was and what it is, but yeah. the next thing you know, within, I think it was about two weeks later, he said, Get back home and uh, go back home now. Bring your man down with you. I've got them a clubhouse. That's brilliant, isn't it? Hadn't been lived in for uh, eighteen months. It was a son of called Bill Folk's went to America and I w hadn't been lived in for eighteen months. Went over, got my man there, flew us back to Manchester, picked us up at the airport, took us to his house in Seal, Cheshire, a three-bedroom detached with a garage and a cul-de-sac. Wow. I mean, what's a cul-de-sac? <laughs> <laughs> got those tree lined That's just brilliant. So the we women were there for my man with the big, you know, wallpaper books and okay. the right. Pick your wallpaper, pick your paint. The garden, the the in Gordon, love name from old was cutting the grass. No chance. And telling you, it, it just they looked at, and Liz Alf was the secretary, and um, I said, "This, this is this is brilliant, but we can't afford this." And, and Liz says, me, just give me." I, I was sixteen years of age, this was seven. This is February '73. Yeah, I was sixteen. And I was on seven pounds a week. He said, Give us a five or a month rent until your dad gets a job. Wow. Was
2: so your mum and dad quite emotional about that?
3: Well, they were leaving Rathcool, which is the place that when they left her on they'll go back to they were, we were one of the first ones in. Rathcool was a brand new estate. Yeah. It was a great place. And they were one of the first ones in in fifteen nine. And uh, so they were there fourteen years.
2: So did you get to did you get to see guys like Law and Charlton and that play, train?
3: Ah, how, were they, how were they with
2: you?
3: Well, I was only praying you were doing the dress room, so we were training a separate area. Right. But just about the place when you didn't clean the dress room and doing it. I mean, it was full on. And then Paddy Kern's Paddy Kern's testimonial at Old Trafford, and the present day team played the '68 European Cup winning team, and I was playing. She said the and you don't have the players. So I was playing sweeper, and they kicked off. It just kicked off, and Dennis Law is there, and I'm marking him, and he just turned around and he went, and he karate chopped me, and <laughs>
2: the Adam's apple, and I'm <laughs> a testimonial. And a testimonial, just went,
3: and I was bending over, it. couldn't get my breath. Look up to the park and he scored, and, he could, and he, I wish it was on film because when they scored I was, I was still like, <laughs> He just, about he just Bell came past. Yeah. <laughs> and he was at the club too. And he says, listen son, if you're going to make it, he says, there's a lot more of that came from over the years, for the years to come.
2: That's brilliant too. Eh? Holy,
3: but just watching him finishing and training. Bobby Charlton. Bobby Charlton. I remember reading an article and he says, I woke up one morning. I think he was 30 or 31. He said, I woke up one morning and I thought, I don't fancy training here. Yeah. And he packed it in at the end of that season. Because that one morning, he woke up and he didn't fancy going in training. He packed the game in. Because he
2: loved it so much then, before it. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. And then years and years later, he could have played he was 40, Bobby turned Easy. And years and years later, he said it was the biggest, it was the biggest regret in football was retirement he did. because uh-huh. he could have played a lot longer, you know.
2: Right, George Best. Can you remember the first time you seen him play football?
3: 1968, we've seen before that playing for Northern Ireland, of course, you know, but yeah. 1968, that's when it really, when he's played for Man United and in the beat Benfica in the European Cup final. And we had a colour TV, one of the early colour TVs, we had it in our place in Rav cool. Yeah. So everybody was in the house. Man United were playing on all blue, ah, all dark blue against Benfica. And best, when he was only 21, when not he? Dribbles around the goalkeeper and scores a four. And that was it, you was. Straight out on, with the ball, everybody was Jordy Best yeah, out in the grass, yeah, yeah. you know. But he was a bit, And if people ask me who's a best, I, I've got to say best. It's not because of Northern Ireland thing. Although, he played for Man United, who was supported, Northern Ireland. It was just everything about him, you know. You look at him now. That's why you talk about Pally. you would the same um, Maradona and Messi and Ronaldo. I know that, but these boys were getting kicked from pillar to post. Yeah. And Pally still scores a 1,000 goals. Best getting kicked from pillar to post every week. they do that. All them boys just scrape their legs down the back. His calves were like that, scraped every Monday morning, with fullback's just raking the back of his calves whenever that you know, say you're playing Chelsea and Chelsea's attacking and best is on halfway lane. Ron Harris and all them boys, he's just Just smash them. in. And Larry Brown used to tell me stories about him coming in on Monday morning. I used to ask questions about him all the time. He said his legs were just his calves were that size. Stud marks scraped down and you're not training days. I can stick a plaster on them. Be all right. Brave. Uh-huh. Could head the ball. He was voted one of the best tacklers in the league. He used to chase opponents and wrap his leg in the ball. I've seen videos of
2: that. And then and And
3: balance. And raiding tackles. It was all about balance. There was no chaps. There was no cribs. There was no whatever they call the tricks. It, <laughs> there was all just balance, raiding uh-huh. tackles. Left and night. Jimmy Johnson, Willie Henderson, all these boys. Uh-huh. They're all the
2: same. Did he take to you straight away, George Best being an ordinary Irishman?
3: I thought it was the same again. Tommy thought, and Tommy Duck brought him back. Brilliant. thought, this is a gift, because you would got... And Tommy Duck brought him back. He said, it's a gift for us. He's in the dressing room. You see him. You let him know you're from Northern Ireland. <laughs> all right? Do you want your boots done? <laughs> Where are you from, John? You know, all this carry on. brilliant. And then... And that was the that the, And then Tommy Duck. There was... Um, he left then, he wasn't there too long at Tommy dog.
2: Did you ever get a night
3: out of that one? Aye, because he came and played for Northern Ireland, didn't he? So what was he like? <sighs> Listen, he was just... Listen. we went Listen, he, he was playing for Fulham. and We were playing Holland in a World Cup qualifying game in Holland. And Danny Bransflower brought him into the Northern Iron squad. And I'll never forget it, we were the post match. The first time really being in the company in any length of time. And we didn't think he was going to show up. It was a post-houser... Post house in uh, on a Sunday night and um, batter meal. And Danny says, Danny Blanchard, he says, Listen, lads, you can have a couple of beers. <laughs> We're playing the yeah. wedding, you can have a couple of beers, but don't believe no and we'll don't be going daft. And it was great because we'd all be together at the bar, half eight, nine o'clock, telling stories about the club, just like you used to. Yeah. And Martin O'Neill's telling Brian Clough stories, and it was brilliant. but George Best was in the squad, but he hadn't. He wasn't there for his dinner. Nobody had seen him during the day. And there was a good-looking girl behind the bar, right? And uh, I won't tell you who the player was, but there was a player that was staying there. He was playing for one of the, the Midlands teams. And he came and he says, right, lads, yeah, uh, girl behind the bar. He says, I've been here for two or three weeks. And, you know, so <laughs> I'm just, you know... I've got a cat uh, back. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So... Uh, so it didn't bother us. Let's, let's be married and not some of the boys. We were just having a laughing. And, and um, then Bess shows up half past ten. The F.A. had locked him in his room. <laughs> they picked him up after up Fulham Gale and said, like, huckled him in the car. You're not going anywhere. And he was quite happy at that. He said, Good. do it. Because uh-huh. I, I want to play for Northern Ireland, but if I stay in London on Saturday night, I'm not guaranteed to huckle so, them Huckled him in the car. This was him telling us that night got him in the car, in the hotel, locked him in the room, kept bringing food and drinking all up for him. <laughs> and he shows up at half past ten. And you see... Um, and he just sat down and said, how are you doing? Great. No, he's having a paint with the boys and telling us what happened. And and then the bloke came up. And we've seen the girl going over to this player at the end of the bar. And then the player coming over and just tapping him on the shoulder. He's sitting on the stool at the bar... And he just said, and the Blair tapped him on the shoulder and said, "You think they are brilliant, do you, don't you?" What? Nick and my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he
3: says, "I haven't even spoke to you. <laughs> so he goes, "Excuse me, look, come here. But he's giving me a heart. He says it I've nicked his girlfriend. I right, say, George, you're with me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: brilliant. Man. And they hadn't even spoke to you. <laughs> uh, they just looked
3: them
2: and loved them ahead.
3: Uh-huh. Oh, they loved them and blokes loved him because he he loved
2: blokes. Was he a good laughing? He's as a well, brilliant
3: brilliant, he, he wasn't one for telling a lot of story, he, he wouldn't
2: he just loved
3: other you know, everybody else telling stories uh-huh. and talking football and all and he played against Holland in that game and, uh, oh jeez I mean, we were talking here about a career, I could talk about him all night <laughs> and all, day, because he played against Holland, he played in the middle of the park he was 30, 31, 32 years of age, and he run the show with Cruyff and Niskins. And all the Holland were a great team at the yeah. time, and he just run the show, and he not made Christ, did he? And he not made and he just. And How did Christ do
2: that? Did he ready? Oh
3: well, listen. Years later, there was a boy called he was a boy called Rudy Crow, played centre half for Holland. He was a great player, Rudy Crowe, he his big elegant sweeper, back and bar tapes and passing, and and, um, and I used to love watching Rudy Crow. and I was telling, I always tell the boys about the story about Best. When we drew tweets to Holland and Rotterdam, and best not making cry for Niskins, right? And, um, and I was telling JC, Jimmy Calderwood or whatever, one we day a Rangers game on Wednesday night, and we're in the blue room, and Jimmy says, "That's really cruel. You must work for Dutch FA. Don't we who they were playing. I can't remember. You may have been watching Arthur Newman. I can't remember, but that's true. You're joking? Is that really cruel? Aye, God, I'd love to meet him. So Jimmy went over. Speaking Dutch, wears <waves throat> me over. And then he says, it's Mr. Crowley, clearly." Uh, I played for Northern Ireland against you, against Holland and Rotterdam in 1977, and we drew two each. And without even saying anything, I said, "Yeah, we know, I know." And George Bell, he not make cry. We <laughs> were all
2: laughing. We <laughs> were <You're> all, <laughing. laughs> all
3: laughing. Yeah. I didn't like him. You know. Right, actually there you are it's confirmed my story brilliant, oh, brilliant. Amazing.
2: how was Old Trafford to put
3: oh it was nerve wracking it's, it's great being cheered by 50 odd thousand but can you handle being booed by 50 odd thousand and I didn't get up to a great start because Alec was really popular Alec for was a full back with just run, score from 25 30 yards with his right foot left foot up and down the lane and I was more of a a passer and get it and, the, you know just passing we were a pass in the strikers and what have you I was a different type of player altogether, but I didn't get off to a good start when I scored an own goal against Man City in my debut. Oh, did you? Huh? Yeah, no, my actual debut, my Derby debut, was, which wasn't, it was only a few weeks after I made my debut at Old Trafford and went to Main Road. And uh, that was it. There was Joe Royal, there was a long ball over the middle. Joe Royal, centre forward in Man City, he's trying to get onto it. Bucking's trying to get onto it, and I'm coming in to defend and I knocked it. And I got there first. You could pick a ball up and them days as a keeper. So about 35 yards out, and I knocked it back to the keeper, and the keeper was standing where you were sitting. Because <laughs> he came this way as well. Because he thought he was going to get it. Yeah. Knocked it over his head, one bounce in the net. Had me enrolled in a derby debut. And usually 11, I was there 11 years, from 71 to 82. on the left. They did a radio programme, a boy called Tom Charles said, Jim, will you come on Radio Piccadilly and do his phone in? Saying you're leaving to go to Toronto Monday with supporters. I says, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I don't know. I'll just see how it goes and just talk about the times I've had and the memories and a bit of laughing on. And, all. and uh, it was going all right. People phoned in, and the very last phone call, before, we'll just take this last call. And the bloke says, All right, Timmy. I said, All right. He says, I hate you, and I'll always hate you.
2: <laughs> for that goal, for
3: that goal that you scored against Manchester <laughs> somebody, about nine years ago.
2: <laughs> see when, see when you. Think, said, God oh, Almighty, yeah. See when you scored that goal against Man City, young kid with Tommy Docherty to go through it.
3: No, and it was a strange because there was only one sub in them days, and we, David McCreary, was from Northern Ireland, played for Hearts, and and we D was sub, and we D come on for Man United and scored equaliser, so we drew to each. So I scored the own goal, so I was. The, Voluntary. The villain, and the we on, he was the hero too. each. But they didn't... Tommy Duck never... I, 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 listen, I know it's getting away, but, but it's just things that... I always say there's nothing weird and wonderful about football. There's things that happened to me when I was 16, 17, that still relate to today. And I remember we played Arsenal at home, I was having a terrible time. I was getting booed by 50,000 people, and then when you go away from home, you think, oh, jeez, thank God we're away. There's 15, 20,000 Man United supporters Spoiler. away. Still getting, you're still getting hammered. Yeah. And uh, we played Arsenal at, at Old Trafford. And I remember running down and crossing the ball. And Stuart Pearson scored a header. And I was, oh, God, I've contributed some. I beat them 1-0. And I've contributed, I felt. And then the Monday morning, he says, um, well, that's it, son, you passed the test. And I says, what test, Gaff? And he says, the test. I said, Well, I don't know what you're telling me, but I thought you were gonna drop me about eight weeks ago. Because I've been hopeless for you. He says, I know that. He says, So we're just waiting for you. To see if can you handle it or you can't. It takes more ability to make as a player. You've got to have some of your character and your makeup, your temperament. Yeah. And we're just waiting for you to walk into a position where you couldn't receive the ball. Because I know that you've gone there. You don't want to be in the ball. But you kept getting the ball. He says, No always remember, I don't care for you. If you get a 1,000 touches and make nine hundred and eighty-nine mistakes, I don't care. I'd rather have that than you only have 10 touches. And how huh? do you And you know what? And she's insane. And after that. But he didn't talk to you for eight weeks. He didn't say, come on, you better night or come on, try this. Just let you get on You had to get through
2: it yourself. And That's, you coaching. That's
3: it. coaching, isn't it? It is in a sense. It's it's looking at people's character. And to this day, I still say it. And I say it to any other manager, assistant manager, whatever level you're working at, I said, listen, I've been in the end of heavy defeats. I've done it, I've seen it all. But if I see any's walking in the position where you can't receive a ball from your teammate, I'm going to drop you. Uh Or I'm going to say to the
2: manager, look at this. You know, whatever.
3: And I think it still applies to today.
2: Brilliant. Uh, So as you said, you went back to Toronto. Why was that?
3: Well, the reason why I went there in the first place was... um, Ron Atkinson, Dave Saxon got the sack. I had a year of my contract to go at Man U. And with Dave, I'd agreed a pay raise, a testimonial, everything. A three-year contract. And uh, Dave got the sack. So Ron Atkinson got the job. And it was a summer, and I went to see Les Alves. I said, Liz, before we came back in pre-season, Liz, um, I was just back on holiday. Dave's gone, and he says, you're right. I mean, he said, we know about that. We're going to honour the agreement. And the manager's in the office. So i door and just the door. All right, boss, do you mean I go, hi, how you doing Good luck Dean. Hope it works out for you. He says, hi, right, thanks very much. He said, sit down. And uh, I said, well, I just came to see you about, uh, the a three-year agreement with uh, Dave. He says, I know all about it. I said, I'll said, put the block on it. And I said, what? I'll put the block on it. I said, why? He said, do you think you're fast? And I said, well, Tony Daly, it's quick outside so left the winger. <laughs> Clave Woodship. But apart from that, no, I think I think I'm all right. He says, Nah. I think you're slow. Can't defend, probably, can't hit a ball, you can't tackle. <laughs> <laughs> right? He went through the cart. <laughs> <It> <laughs> I, was like up me. It. I was only in the office <laughs> two minutes. And uh, and I said, Well, do you know what? He said, so put a block on
1: it. I said, Well, thanks
3: for being honest enough from me. At least I know I've got a chance now in the summer to find myself in another club. Put me on the list. That's how you feel. But you've been up front. And he says, no, he says, no, 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 that was so hasty. He says, um, I've seen you play sweeper a few times for United and for Northern Ireland. Uh-huh. He says, I don't fancy booking. That, I says, what? I said, I don't fancy booking. He said, so there's five games pre-season. You play two. Martin are playing two. And the fifth one, and if you play sweeper, like I've seen you, you'll play the fifth one, you'll start the season. And I said, can I say something? See, five minutes ago, I respected you for being up front with me and tell me what you thought of me as a player. And five minutes ago, you told me, at right back... I can't defend properly. I'm too slow. I can't hit a ball and I can't tackle. I'm but I can do me. it one in. <laughs> <laughs> if I go five yards to the right, I can do it. I said, get me on the list, you big... And I went through him like a dose of salt. I took a an instant. Man. And I said, get me on the list and get me out of here. What was the highlight of
2: your man, you Cup
3: 77? Yeah,
2: That's How good
3: was that? The best because you were the underdogs County uh, country made. We were the underdogs. Liverpool won the league the week before. They were playing the European Cup on the Wednesday night.
2: And... And and Man United were underdogs because who, Liverpool who, were going for the treble. Who was top for Liverpool? Just saw it in the who was top players then? Oh, Keegan and all them Keegan
3: boys, Tommy Smith, Phil Thompson, all these boys. Even the full backs, Phil Neal was scoring goals and you know that what a mid of part time at they're a great team, so mm. they did. That's what I'm saying. We never won at Anfield, we couldn't win a game at Anfield. And uh, and there was it was the two there was the two youngest fullbacks ever to appear in the cup final was Me and me, Arthur Albison, the wee oh, Scotty's right, guy. We grew up together at 15, we were at the club at the same time, and that uh, Stuart Housen broke his ankle. It. And we, we Arthur, got in and played really well. And Stevie Highway was outside left, and Jimmy Case was outside right. So we, Arthur, was up against Jimmy Case, who he was oh, a hard man, no, no, no. and Steve Highway, the public man, he was a good player. And I kept the, the, these are the weaknesses the fullback, the fullback, and then whenever you hear that. With the weaknesses because it's a big build-up, yeah. And they kept you be kept hearing the same thing. But they
2: youth were the weaknesses you and maybe we are uh-huh. there because the two young fullbacks with yeah. Jimmy Case and Stevie <clears throat> Highway, and,
3: and so when you come through that and you win the game, you know it's, that certainly was. Was uh,
2: the family yeah. there not as well? Uh-huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. What were celebrations after? It? How would you celebrate an FA so, Cup
3: Back to the hotel in London. Then have a Yahoo and all the wives and the girlfriends and the maids and the dads and the, all the you know it was a brilliant it's a brilliant occasion for everybody and then up the next day uh, in the train back up to Manchester then in the town hall Sunday night then all the women go home and then we were all starts yeah then all the Sunday night I mean it's Sunday I, I can remember Saturday night but I can't remember hmm. Sunday well, night. Sometimes. see
2: back then was it about drinking so you playing with the first team of yeah. Man was it a big drinking oh, culture God. how often a week oh we just go
3: Oh, God. She wanna think back, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
2: That's <brilliant, man>.
3: Oh <laughs> Saturday night. We were team handed. We were team handed Saturday night. And uh, like when you're young and you're growing up and you you know, you perfume everywhere, great. But then you settle down. And even when you, you were married and we don't we don't go out together, we'd, but but it sounds old. An old but well, we'd go to Golden Garden, wouldn't you? Which was a cabaret night, chicken in a basket, right. and scampi in a basket. You know, when you would singers and you would dancers, cabaret, you would groups all the bar and nights. You would just all these Frank Carson. You had all these. It was a cabaret night, and we're all together at this big table. And then if you wanted to go to a nightclub in Manchester, you would go in, and you'd be out. There. And then that was Saturday night with the women. Sunday lunch, then again. And Tommy Dockley says, "Listen, if you went on Saturday." Uh, off Sunday, off Monday, train hard Tuesday, golf Wednesday, which the club will take us out, golf Wednesday, warm-up, crossing and finishing five aside on a Thursday, five aside on a Friday. And that was our working week. Wow. We were out <laughs> Monday off, we were out golfing Monday, worked hard Tuesday, out Tuesday night. Mon- when 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 they they I Think back until now. Monday night was our night. The players. We'd be in we'd be in Sans Nightclub on a Monday night. Every Monday night. We'd be in there. <laughs> and then turn on the Tuesday. Aye. Right. And you thought because well I'm working hard Tuesday, I'll, I'll get on yeah, the a- <laughs> But you're up to three or four in the morning and you think, like, You only got five hours skip or something. And then he lined up he laid us up against the wall one day. He said, gosh. Smell a drink right here, he says. But <laughs> <laughs> you all had to go. All, he wasn't. Uh-huh.
2: And
3: he, he just, and he landed up against the wall. He goes, breathe. You had to go. Fine. 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 Oh, I
2: was
3: born in the wrong era. That's probably Monday night, Tuesday work hard. Sometimes Tuesday night, we'd, we'd meet again Tuesday night, but down in the AI club, snicker, we'd play Snicker and I'd have a quiet night. Wednesday, golf where it was at Fiverhead Stableford, and then the club matched it, and it was first, second and third, and it was really well done. Uh-huh. Do the praise money and all, and uh, the mere golf club, all nice golf clubs looked after then a few beers, <laughs> and then you, know, you may carried on up to that.
2: Once <laughs> or, and then it just sounds shocking. I never felt any different. different uh-huh. Come on, Everyone was doing that. Every other team was doing that as well. They Everybody was uh-huh. doing
3: it. But it was just, do you know, we did the same thing for four years, we did the same warm-up. And the thing was, if you get beaten a Saturday, you're in Monday. Right. So your incentive... I mean, you're I desperate either, to win I I can't even remember. I never had appearance money. I can't even remember what my bonus money
2: was. So think coaching's gone mad now, you that when you said you've done the same thing for four years during coaching. Cause every, now it's a different session every
3: day. Yeah, no, but Do you think it's gone I, mad now? I think you need, a, you need a wee bit of... I remember reading a book and it says... It was Samad Bosby's book. I stumbled on it in, in, a, in a bookshop. It was a wee thin red book and I remember opening it up and just reading it. And he says it. management, he said, is 90% personality and 10% knowledge. And I always remember, I was only young reading that. Mm. I thought, God, there's maybe a lot of truth in it. But as a game has evolved now, you can't because it's different systems.
2: Yeah. You know, so people have to think now, of isn't? different
3: ways to break down different systems, how to get the best out of your players in a certain system against that system, which is right. you got to do it. Yeah. And you can't, put in there days, everybody played four four two. So
2: it was just a you better 11 players would win. Yeah. Because you're both well, exa- the same exactly right. 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 Right, Toronto, we'll get on to that. Uh Jason told us to ask you about the, the story about you losing your kill. My... <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I? <laughs> uh... <laughs> what happened?
3: Well, it, well, I went to Toronto because I was born in Canada. Yeah. So I was classed as a Canadian. Right. And you had to play three Canadians. So they were playing college kids and all this. So they came to Northern Ireland played France in March, in March CD2, and they is I'm representing Toronto Blizzards. We do want to come to Toronto. I've got to get out of here because I'm a run am consent. I'm training with the kids. And Billy Bingham says, "I'm manager now." And as long as you keep yourself fit and as long as every time you play for us, you play well, you'll be all right. Sort that situation out. But that's why I went to Toronto. I went to Toronto. And uh, and I was doing the paperwork and D.B. Fairclough came out. Remember D.B. Fairclough? He played no. for Liverpool. He was a super sub. Right. ginger boy. And he came in the summer of 82. And... Well, we're there till the um, end of September, something like that, first week in October, because I got the final, end of September. And I had this big car give me this big thing. And me and Firclos flying back. So it's six months in the summer with Toronto and six months in the winter. So whoever wanted to me for six months could have me. I had to play all year round right, just okay. to keep playing. So I went to Sunderland for six months in 82. And... Uh, and Cathy Burns, who was a Scotch woman, was a secretary. And <laughs> we at the airport, and all the players, there was Scotch boys, there was English boys, there was South Africans, there were Me and Fairclough's leaving. And we such a good, come on, we are seeing these guys off at the airport. Yeah. And they had this big car, and it had all my stuff in it. And, and uh, there was an announcement, we were all sitting in the bar, drinking. And there was an announcement, uh, I could kind of, can I, James, Nickel, please report back to such and such a desk. And I went back. you got to phone this number, and it was a club. Cathy, yeah, Jimmy Nick, what's up? Oh, the paperwork's, we've cocked the paperwork up. Your international clear. You better come back to the club and fly back tomorrow. So I said, oh, has i got to get him on. My luggage back up. I go put it in the car, go back to the airport, having a few beers with the lads. Say, cheerio, the fur club. he's flying back. Bye. I go in the car where you doing. I'm, I'm going back to the hotel then. I'll, I'll need to check in the hotel. And then go to the club in the morning. Nah, not at all. Come on. Come on, we'll take you out. Come on, we're downtown Toronto. I said, my car's... I said, I'll bring the car and I'll stay for an hour. And I'll go to the hotel. Went in the car. All my luggage. Passport. $30,000 banker's draft. Diamond rings. Diamond earrings for the wife. Everything was in this car. Straight down, up, dropped the boys off at this bar. I said, listen, I'll park the car. I'll park the car. And uh, so I'll be able to... I parked the car, went into the bar and finished the night off. Came out. Where's my car? I couldn't... I couldn't remember <laughs> where my car... I parked it that well. I forgot where I parked it. <laughs> right. I thought, Jesus, now about two in the morning, I was going to try to a hotel. I said, Jesus... Where's the hell, I am walking around Toronto with the same clothes on I had from early on. Nat, I I can't keep this up. Taxi, hotel, wake up in the morning, go to the club with the same clothes. <sighs> See Kathy Burns. Kathy, do the paperwork. She says, uh, right, and uh, what, Kathy got a problem. Went out with the boys last night. Took a car down, down to turn I don't know where I can't remember where I parked it. Since <laughs> you're joking with the police looking for everybody's like, passport and everything. was not find it. Turned out those finest, couldn't, couldn't find this mover. Big foot, like black. And, ah, uh, jeez. Oh, so, so my flight's come, I've got the same clothes on, I'm dirty, scruffy, stinking. And she phones the British Embassy. And she speaks to somebody at the British Embassy, who speaks to somebody at Toronto Airport, who speaks to somebody at Heathrow, who speaks to somebody at Manchester. And I got on that flight that night, couldn't find the car. I got on that flight with a Toronto Blizzards programme with my picture on it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I was like, number five. <laughs> Jimmy Leroy. I was like, I got the passport.
2: Right, I'm, I'm I was like, I got in.
3: And I said, I said to James Nickel. the club's been on the British. I was like, they to in Canada. Oh, Canada. horrendous. Did the not eventually get
2: found. Did the car get found? Do it. I get home. <laughs> like I, I get
3: in I get through here, But I turned the splutter program on my picture. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> get me in the car. And uh, I get it. He threw the waiting on me. He threw. Come here. <laughs> it turned out he was a football man. The boy we were camping. He was a football man. He's a. Come here. Tell me. Ah, all a football man. I get him with that program. Just. That's brilliant. And then that's magic. And then. Um, so I go to Sunderland on loan beyond Durban till the fall in April. And I'm sitting in this flat in Sunderland. Me and my wife and my daughter, she was only two or 3 I'm sitting in this flat in the middle of winter and the phone goes, it's Kathy Burns. And I said, hi, hey, Kathy, how you doing? I says, Jimmy, like, you'll never kiss. Like, I, found your mother. I said, what? <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> Where was it? She goes, there was a building site. And they were doing some building somewhere, and the building had finished, and had moved on, but I had parked it in between two, two workmen's huts. All oh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I parked it between two workmen's huts, with to of you, and this building site. <laughs> oh, I! That's where it was. <laughs> I parked it between two mobile oh. huts and the workers, and the, the, they were off the site, and they hadn't been, and somebody had found it. Everything was in
2: it. That's one of the best so I've not it?
3: Everything, done it. everything was in it. With the, that 30,000, the, the, the banker's job, the diamond, the, uh, the, 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 the program, and the <laughs> program. You, you look at these days, you think, oh my <laughs> god, you can't even get away. <laughs>
2: Tremendous. Uh, right, we'll get to the bit that most people want to hear. When did you <sighs> first hear the Rangers were wanting you? The first, time. Um, the first time yeah, it was a long spell wasn't
3: it yeah it was a long spell because I was back at the Toronto so it was Toronto Sunday did you have an agent back then Jenny yeah I did but I'll just up a wee bit right. so <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah
3: Tur- Toronto Sunday Toronto and then come back to England because I've got to find myself uh, all the boys used to go to Bermuda and go to Florida and all for, all the Toronto Blizzard boys right. six months off but I had to keep playing for Northern Ireland so I had to find a club and I was all set up to go to Burnley with John Bond. <coughs> and um, and the agent was at it, so he was, he was at it, and, and the secretary turned around and says, I was only six months. And no, I went, just, just give me a wage, I just want to keep playing. And it was a lot less. I was getting paid all year round by turn the blizzards anyway, so just give me and uh, and I went to Burnley I'm in the secretary's office. And he says, uh, You must be some player you and I said, I think I was getting about three hundred pounds a week or something. And uh, it didn't bother me. He said, "You must have some player, you?" I says, "What are you talking about? Six months? I'm gonna give thirty thousand signed sign-on fee?" And I said, "I don't know what talking you're talking about." Agent was telling it. And he just said to me, "Jim, you go to Burnley for three hundred quid." I go to Burnley for three hundred quid a week. I never said to him, "What well, is no sign-on fee?" I wouldn't even think of a sign-on fee for six months. That wasn't interesting. Yeah. I'm just glad that somebody wanted me to play so I could keep fit when an am and that was it. And,
0: and I just "What?" I said,
3: I don't know what you're talking about. Well, 300 quid a week and 30 grand signed on fee for six months. You must be some player. Is that right? eh? Yeah. Okay. That won't be happening. That won't be happening, don't worry. And uh, I walked out and jumped in the car and back to Manchester. Back to Manchester, and uh, the wife said, I thought you were burning. I said, no, I just walked out. And then I got a phone call. And there was a Ian Monroe who had played with at Sunderland. Right. He said, Jimmy, because we were phoning. He said, what's happening with you? I said, I've just walked out of Burton. He said, do you want to go to Rangers? John Gregg's been on the phone. Do you want to? <laughs> and I was up the road. I was in the Bellahouston Hotel on Thursday night. I was in the, the Swallow in the Bellahouston uh, uh, on the Thursday night. Sorry, And went in the Rangers, signed at 9 o'clock on the Thursday night, walked across back in the hotel, Friday morning, having breakfast, 8 o'clock in the morning, and there was a wee man in the corner, and he said, all the best arrangers, Rangers, son. <laughs> <laughs> I'd seen on Thursday night at 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning, in the hotel, says, all the best arrangers. Rangers, You're son. So it's man, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I had, I'll never forget, <clears throat> believe it or not, cardigans were all the rage yeah, And sort of cardigan, but a big sort of jacket cardigan, shirt cardigan, oh, no tie And so I walked over and uh John McClellan, David Cooper met everybody and uh we're in the there was a tunnel there and they probably should kick a ball before. And we. Tommy McLean comes out and says, uh, Right, meeting lads in the dressing room and I said to John, Well, what's a meeting for? He says, "To uh, discuss them game, you know. And uh I said, alright. Walked in, and John says, Well, I've been thinking about this for a long time now, lads, and it's not working out, he says, so that's it, I'm resigning, right? <laughs> I'd signed on Thursday night, not a word was said. And he resigned. John never even <clears> seen <throat> me train. He never even seen me train, never mind play. He resigned on Friday morning, whenever I signed on the Thursday night. Just went around shaking everybody's hand. Good luck, lads, thanks for your... Good luck, good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> How you said like Did you that?
2: not go to anyone and say, like, what's happening here?
3: Listen, we're sitting 4th or 5th in the league. There's about ten, eleven, twelve thousand 12,000 people at the games. It was horrific. Was it? It never bothered me. Because there's another chance. Let's play for my, for Rangers. Ah, it's just great. It never bothered me. I never even looked at the league tables or attendances. Just an opportunity to go there for six months. But it was bad. It was bad. I mean, Davey Cooper and Bobby Russell said, what are, you, what are you doing here, Jimmy? I said, you're joking, lads. I said, no, I said, fool. you'll find out.
2: Really? No, it yeah. was, bad, eh? Why was it so Aberdeen, bad. Why was it so Aberdeen bad? Because Aberdeen
3: and Dundee United were winning everything. Celtic uh-huh. were finishing fourth and fifth, so were Rangers. The Aberdeen Aberdeen, Dundee United were the teams at the time. But anyway, John resigned, and uh, and then Big Jack Wallace got the job.
2: And how did that? Uh, how did Jack Wallace change? Did he bring that winning mentality back to Rangers? Uh?
3: Yeah. I mean, right away he was scary. Was he? is he? First... the first
2: manager, you probably been scared of.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Because he was just. He, was... he had this meeting about how he was going to turn things around. And I'm talking, I'm going to do this, going to do this. Everything's a Sounds
2: like my missus. But I was...
3: <laughs> yeah. I was pumped up the eyeballs. He said, right, Nick, get over there, I go train him, we're going to train him, we're going to train hard. And I just... And I came out of the dressing room, and I said to Davey Cooper and Bobby, and the boy I said, what? So what about Dad? What about Dad?" And DB says, "Ah." The big man's quieter second time around. <laughs> I said, well he was with mental the first time. I just pumped the eyeballs. Uh, and he come. he would grab you in the morning, do this. see you wouldn't get away back? Uh,
2: that's
3: and he would grab you and not close enough, son, make sure that's close to the morning. And you'd be outside the front door. Once you once you set foot outside the front door the ibrox took over <coughs> to the training pitch. You had your socks rolled up, and you had the jog. You weren't allowed to be seen walking. Your hands in your pockets, and you had the jog.
2: Did you like the standards?
3: Yeah, apparently. It was discipline. Yeah, it was discipline and standards and whatever you want to call it. But it was discipline, not to be lazy. He thought if you if you didn't shave, you're being lazy. Yeah. If you didn't look after yourself, you're being lazy. And and he, he certainly turned things around. And and he used to have these meetings. And he had the meeting every Monday at a meeting about the game on Saturday. And you had to say something different. Now, there's nothing... It's hard
2: to change football, you up, you know, uh, If you're
3: sitting there, there's a big Peter <laughs> McCloy sitting there, and I'm sitting here. And if he starts over there, right, only McCoy or ever, it doesn't matter. Right, what do you think about Saturday? Oh, I didn't think we played well as a team. Oh, what do you think? Well, I think we're sitting too deep as a back forward. And you go round
2: and round. Every single person, you have to come up you with something say different, something what?
3: different. <laughs> And I'm sitting here. He never started here. It's always over there. And so by the time I get around to you, it's like, well, I did. So it'd come to me and say, well, the boys have mentioned most things. And I mean, how much can you cover in a game and what have you? And then that was all right. And he goes, right, come on, let's go training. And then this particular Monday, he says, and he goes, um, right, over there, it may have been Ali Dawson, John McCracken, right, we're going to get a game. Oh, here we go again. Well, you know, I didn't think we kept the ball long enough. And, then, and then he turned around and he go, points to me. Now, what was in there Come out there. Because I'm thinking, I'm going to wait my time here. i better think of something. <laughs> and uh, I'm just, what I was thinking, he goes, Hey, Nigel, what do you think about the game Saturday? And I says, does it really matter what we think? whenever you ever acted on anything we've said at all your meetings? Did you say that? <laughs> and my face was going bright red. <laughs> I felt that, And he's there. And I'm here. And I can see everybody in behind going. <laughs> I can see it. My face going right. And he said, what? Well, because I was sitting thinking this. Uh, yeah. Well, what does it really matter what we say? Because you never do anything about it anyway. we we'll go over there and we'll work hard with the train but you don't, you know, so I don't I don't see the relevance of these, of these meetings because nothing happens. If we turn around and say the back four's too deep, we are never working on a back four up the park. If I say there's no runs from the middle of the park, we don't work on midfield runners getting beyond. Uh, we we'll just go and work hard and trade and bump the dude. So nothing happens. And I just. And I, I said, well, I'm, I'm just saying. You're just saying. You're just saying. I said, aye. Because you're so. Domineering the character. Kind of, he's just dominating, dominating everything. Right? You said that to him, did uh, you? Imagine? And it, I felt myself. I was shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I was shaking. I swear. I thought he was going to punch me in the bollocks. That was he all I right? Just, he's like this. And he just go Dominating, dominating. I'll give you dominating, dominating. Just right there, laddies. Get over that training pitch right there. And away you go. I'll give you dominating. And he walked out over the training, and about three or four weeks later, we went to, we used to always have, have a wee Spain break, New York on Sunday to Thursday. And you, you do your meal, and then before you went seven o'clock, and then before you went out, you had to have a drink with Big Jack. Right. And his assistant manager, Alec Tutten at the bar. And you would go and have a drink and all with him, and then talking football and laughing and all. But every now and again, one or two would go to the toilet, and then they wouldn't come back, and the other two would go to the toilet, not come back, Just and the numbers were but... going down and down. Right? <laughs> so they we'll come back on a Thursday morning, and he's in the airport, Palma. And I'm walking up with two or three of the lads. And he's there, well, like... And he's like, hey, Nigel, Nigel! Come here, you! And I walked back. And he just looked and he says, I've been thinking about what you said to me four weeks ago at that meeting. And I was I was shaking then, I was shaking even more now. And he said, I was thinking about what you said four weeks ago at that meeting. You said that I was dominating and dominating but don't do you? Do you mean that you'd rather... Instead of you talking, that you'd rather listen to me talking about the game. I just, oh, <laughs> I
0: said, exactly what I'm talking right.
3: Oh, I love you, I love you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: he he answered, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, he answered uh, my own question for me. I said, thank God, you would eh? rather listen to me. I said,
2: yeah, I'd rather, rather
3: listen to you, Captain, than us talking. Oh, said,
2: so you could get a laugh from him as
3: well, isn't it? I thought he was honestly brilliant. God love me. He was brilliant. A motivator and getting the best out of people. and, and then he, he turned. He turned around. Brief, listen. For the length of time I was there, they won the cup, and then uh, I had to leave again. My last game against Celtic. Yeah.
2: Uh, just-
3: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds.
0: Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
2: Get your
3: personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Before we go to that, David Cooper, how good is it?
3: Well, when when the Dutch boys and Rudhulet and Cruyff and all say that he's the only Scotch fella that ever get in the Holland team or a Dutch team, that tells you everything. He's he was brilliant. Huh? And it didn't matter, but and that, today the game was pace, 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 pace. You know, you forget about the people, their brains, and he had a football brain which is way beyond. You know, and he just drop the shoulder and and he just sell you a dummy, just not with quick movements, just a wee drop there and a wee and you in and. He was brilliant, yeah. I don't, and I, I spent a lot of time with. Would Coops he be your
2: social partner, drinking partner? Because yeah, yeah.
3: he couldn't drive.
2: Kipps oh, could have...
3: only learned to drive in the last couple of years of his life. God love him, and I would pick him up. You know, Kipps was on the train from Motherwell to Glasgow, and then get the tube to the Ibrox. Kipps was. But he's he starring for Rangers. <laughs> he was a brilliant player, and he was on the tube wow. from from Queen <clears throat> Street to the Ibrox and all. kidding and they called him the Moody Blue, but he was far from it. He was far from it. He was, he was brilliant. Can he drink? And but he, he wouldn't drink in excess. He's just you know, we just sitting have a Put few pints in. and then he'd just be. But it was good fun.
2: Right, right, you mentioned that he beat Sale like three two in the league cup final. McCoy's hat trick that day. Favourite well, Ali McCoy's story, he's been on here, he's tremendous, isn't
3: he? Ah, I, I know I know he's that's if anybody loves life if there's anybody <laughs> who loves life more than Ali then I haven't met him, he's great. But the thing with Ali was he took his football really serious, didn't he?
2: Was he a monarch on the pitch?
3: Oh, he just I remember I remember Ali playing for Rangers in Europe up front in the zone And they always say he's a six-yard box player. Yeah, if you're home to a certain opposition at Ibrox, you can wait around, we'll we'll create chances for you. But away from home in Europe, my my picture of Ali is just running from full back to centre, half to centre, half to full back to doing that on his, his own. Off, uh, working, working, working. And uh but he loved his football he's a great character. And Davey Cooper, Davy Cooper told me, he says he got back in the Scotland squad after a couple of hours, or a couple of years. I think it was Andy Roxburgh running back. It was out for a wee while anyway. They meet in Glasgow on a Sunday night. And McCoy as you know, he's famous for being late for everything. Yeah. And he's supposed to pick Davy up at Motherwell at six o'clock to, to get their yeah. hotel in Glasgow for half six. And it's five and Coop hasn't been in the squad for a couple of years. It's five past six, ten past six. No McCoy's. It's twenty past six. And he he's now he's phoned the taxi coops. And my coach comes racing into this drive. And he comes and he puts the phone down, he jumps on the motor and Coops was raging. He said, I was raging me. I said, see you, you're a joke. I said, two years I haven't been in the squad. I'm gonna be late now. You're a joke, it's all right, everybody loves you, they all love you. But no, not me, but yeah, you're a joke, you're inconsiderate. I called and he's going through the carbon. And I haven't swore, but he was swearing all his. Days. <sighs> and Coop's, he goes, Hey, hey, Coops, settle down, Coops. Settle down, he says. It's because I like you and respect you, he said. This is the earliest ever I've been late for anybody, <laughs> right? So he just, and the day that he had the shoes, he had these big boots, he's got bread, you know the snow?
2: Uh-huh.
3: He bought these big boots and my, and Geraint was injured and we were away training. And he came in with these big boots on, brand new, he said, look at these here, babies, oh, this will get me through the winter now. Geraint, he's injured. We go away training, we come back. McCoy's boots are there, but Duranty's painted three stripes down the sides of them like Adidas boots. Like, <laughs> <all down there. laughs> so he comes in, so McCoy comes in, he sees his brand new boots, <laughs> So he ah, and he knows Duranty's injured. Uh-huh. So he goes, look at him, look at that wee shite, look what he's done. And Durant <laughs> Ma- walks in, and he grabs a boot, and he's grabbed a boot to throw it at him, he go- but each had nailed his boot to the wooden floor, right, right <laughs> through the big six-inch nail. Then <laughs> he pulled his shoulder. Out. He got
2: ah. Ah, oh, brilliant,
3: um, man! I love. Oh, him, him and Jarant were just full on all the time. It
2: was it was Jarant and, and Derek Ferguson with the past? said ah, Derek Ferguson messaged saying that how much he loved
3: you. oh, that's nice because I listened to a young lads and even then I felt what what age were they then? So I was, I was the elder statesman in a way, a big butchering. They were all there, yeah. but they were young lads, you know. And you'd see all the carry on and all the mess. You, you'd had the t-shirts, so you'd seen them all enjoying their football, yeah. and enjoying their train, enjoying themselves. It was great. Did
2: uh, you? When he Derek says you were the first to do the spin trick?
3: Aye, well, the, the first Aye, well that well, uh, you've done. You know, be don't behind you? Behind I, you right? Right. Oh, the big ladle.
2: He used to do and draw blunt. <laughs> <laughs> the boy would go, jeez! <laughs> uh, uh, you mentioned him there. How was Wilkins? Just before uh, full we going. Well,
3: I mean, he was just class, personified. He was brilliant. That one of the boys wound him up. I think it was Willow McCarry wound him up. And he "You stand in the Piccadilly Hotel. When, when you come to, you know, you stand in the Piccadilly Hotel. Right. And <coughs> Willow, Willow would wind them all up. Any new player... And he would turn around and, say, right. and he's in his room. Ray's in his room. And the phone goes. In. Hello? Yeah. Uh, it's reception. Yes. Uh, she'll be up in five minutes. He'll be, <laughs> be up in five. He'll be up in five. Yeah, the lady will be up in five minutes. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> what are you <laughs> well, and the boys. So it's Lou's got a bloke <laughs> lined off who lets on that he says, well. Uh, listen, I've worked at this hotel for years and I'm a United supporter and the tradition is any new players they're sent a woman to their room and they're oh, oh no, no, no,
2: no <laughs> She'll be up in five minutes later, <laughs> You won't be disappointed Oh, don't do that Oh, Brilliant Just lastly on your first spell Rangers, Rangers uh, Jock Wallace no, give you the captain's armband on your you appearance. <laughs> yeah, he did And then you made an absence so no. Yeah, I got signed
3: off After 55 minutes, I think it was he was it to
2: be captain too?
3: I was pumped. Have, but I didn't need to be pumped, but it was my last game. I was going to Toronto on Monday, and I thought that would be it. And he says, come on, right, you're captain today. The- well, that was it, I think. I-, I-, I, can't I can't remember. It was a Brian McClary or me. I can't remember. But I took a stupid... Somebody hit me once. <coughs> Somebody hit me late twice. I took a stupid wee kick out. Was it was not nothing. I just... And then the lines went. And they sent me off, 55 minutes. <laughs> I thought, God, what a way to finish. There was an elite at the time and Bobby Williamson scored with an overhead kick. to beat them 1-0 with him, against 10 men. So, with 10 men, sorry. And um, it was all straw hats and trumpets in the, uh, in the dressing room. Ah! Then Big Jack Wallace came in, oh, kicked the door in. He said, yeah, you're yeah, the luckiest man in the world, he says. Made you captain for day. You let yourself down, you only let your teammates down, you let the club down. But you were lucky to we win, he said, because you're going to Toronto on Monday. He said, if we hadn't won that game, he said, I'd have kicked your ass so hard you wouldn't have needed a plane to get there. You'd have landed in Toronto, <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> he always used to finish like a, <laughs> a big bear hug. Brilliant.
2: See, when you left Rangers that first time, did you think that would be it? Did you ever think you'd well, get of back course, again? <laughs> yeah,
3: because I'd go back out to Toronto and then finish off my contract to Lady 4. And then a wee spell at West Brom. Well that was it. Johnny James was a manager Norman Hunter was assistant manager well, and Nobby Stage took the reserves it was great and it was only a, again, I was, I took up my option at Toronto, two year option and again I thought I was only going to be there six months but the league folded over in America and Johnny said just sign for us for two years and I signed for two years from 84 to 86 oh, and I loved it and they were struggling a wee bit but just just working with Johnny Giles and
0: they, what, they, legends, they were they legends, were they? were an absolute, uh, and
3: they, and they uh, were still trained, And Norman Hunter trained the way he played. Just smash ball, just smashing into people. Nobody stages over there taking the reserves. Tony Brown, a goal scoring midfielder, West Brom, taking the kids. These are all, you know, Nobody stages used to carry two bags of balls. When the World Cup, Cup of England, and I, yeah. when the European Cup, when in was carrying two. Why are you carrying balls? I used to go and watch the kids, and why are you carrying them balls? You know, world Cup,
2: just, no, That's why he's won the World Cup because easy, that it,
3: it just, uh, I'm yeah. doing it. World Cup in 86 Mexico and then Scotland were there. We are flying back. They were on the plane before us. The drunkest people in the world were <laughs> on that plane. Them <laughs> scotch boys. And then they picked us up and we got on it. So it was great we're having a yeah. It was a funny. Charlie Nicholas and soon as they were all there. Stevie Nicholl was a funny having rough. Stevie Nickel played
2: over to Yeah. Uh-huh. It was
3: brilliant. He's going about with his glasses. You know, the big pop. pop. pop no <laughs> wonder she we're in making Billy an ass every Stevie Nichols going to Billy Brigham. What have Brazilians <laughs> ever done for a world football? <laughs> <laughs> and these glasses are gone.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, bravo you, man. Was that when as soon as I spoke to you? In, he, it? he
3: was at the back of playing. Nah, I, I had no idea that... Because I was a West Brom. I didn't yeah. know what the crack was up north. That that Graham was... He was at Sampdoria. I didn't know he was going in the Rangers. So, I remember just... You know what it's like? And, and, and you get a wee bit of a lull. And there was the boys were sleeping. There was A wee bit of a lull. And I went down the back of the plane in that galley thing. And, and Graham's there was somebody else. And they're having a glass of champagne. They're drinking, so... Of
2: course he's, he's
3: having just, champagne. Yeah. It must been, and he says, You were Rangers, ranger, Timmy, weren't you? And I he says, I ah, was there in 83. Yeah, six months. Kind of loved it. It was great. You know? And that was it. <laughs> he never said anything. And then... And then I'll go back pre-season with West Brom and Saunders. They played Hibs on the Saturday. Saunders on the Tuesday said, um, come here, man. Pay him has been on the phone from Rangers. Yeah. Well, he's got a player, Bobby Williamson. And I know wee Bobby, from Rotherham. <coughs> so wee Bobby's coming down here and you're going up there in a straight swap. No oh, man, I was off that training pitch.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Away I went, got my gear, got my boots drove to Manchester and then drove up to Glasgow signed Thursday train Friday and I was at the Hibs Easter Road on soon as his first game when he got George
2: you know, McCluskey it, uh-huh. and that
3: was uh, he's done George McCluskey in his first and that was it and then, that was whenever what Graham was Suresh
2: when you first went what was Turet's like on the training ground and stuff like that did he, did he have that presence about him uh,
3: uh, the best thing that happened to me was when I took the reserves because I seen the other side of Graham, which I, <clears> I'm glad <throat> I seen because I didn't see it but well, you didn't see it when he was a manager he was just but when I seen him in the when he was in the staff room then, from nine o'clock to half, twenty past ten. He was brilliant, funny. Uh-huh. Speak about anything and everything up there. Him and Walter, build full boards and all, we used to sit and brilliant. Twenty past ten the mask came on. Uh-huh. And the mask came on, he, I've got to show the players the side of it. You know. Wait, just, Derek Ferrand oh, said God.
2: he would join in, he would smash smash boys. He, he did
3: it. He did it. I was there at the tree, I was in the training session. And we Durante hit him. And then he hit we Durante. And then Fergie hit Suna's for uh-huh. hitting Durante. And then Suna's hit Fergie. And then Durante, Durante hit It just kept bouncing off. He's banging, And then Suna's on the floor once. And he gets up and he goes, oh, the both of them, brilliant. And it just got out of hand. And the respect that Walter, and I loved Walter Smith, and I still do, and the respect that Walter Smith had from everybody. I've never seen an assistant manager stop a training session before. And it was getting out of hand. And all well, just blew the whistle. And stop! You ever had the ball at the time? Stop! Don't kick that ball any further, right? Walks over, picks the ball up. He said, "Right, all these get in. It's getting out of hand. Please go." Just sent everybody. Yeah, I just sent everybody in. Get in, in the way because it was competitive, uh-huh. you know. And then that's what it. Coyce not joining them because he, they could look after
2: himself. But he put
3: that a bit of there? I had the, I had the referee a referee game up with Jordan Hill one day, and because I was taking reserves, but the reserves on So I'm watching the first team training. I would just keep myself fit if he needed me. But uh, he said, Jimmy, referee this game, Ramble And choose some Walter and he's the rubber there, and I'm refereeing in the game. And I said, what's the conditions? He said, whatever you want. I said, all in, right, all in. Right, we'll go three-touch, right? The next, right, we'll go two-touch, and then we'll build it up again. So two-touch. And the ball comes to Koyste, eh? and he takes three-touches, right? And I go, free kick. What for? He took three-touches. No, I didn't. I said, you did. He took three touches. It's a free kick, but I didn't. And he starts walking this way. He's walking towards me. I said, I never took... I said, Alec, you took three touches, right? And then I said, it's not my fault. If you're not skillful enough that you have to take three touches instead of two like everybody else. And he goes... Poof. And then I just...
2: He hooks me. and I, No chance. I, he
3: hooked me. And I just put my head back. <laughs> he just catches me
2: under the chin. And if like I stared like that, I and he just like,
3: and that the next thing you're on the ground.
2: How big a deal was it to become a champion in just 1987?
3: Well, I'm a luckiest man in the world because once, or when you go there the first time, you think that's the end of it, and then you end up going back at a time when he more or less revolutionizes Scottish football. You know, mm. buys England captain, buys England goalkeeper, surrounds himself with good players, and a great assistant, Walter Smith, and and. Uh, Hadn't been done for so many years. I never thought I'd be in that position. Mm-hmm. You know, you see, listen, this is what it's like in football. Don't forget, the summer, that, that May would won the league and that won it for years. The May before, I was training West Brom kids.
2: Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That's just there, yeah.
3: So for me to be in that position, whereas going into 86, 87 season, probably just training with the kids again for another year, I don't know. And they won a league title with Rangers. And at my age, you think, God, oh, this is great. Yeah.
2: As soon as it's big, on everyone got it together as well as a team.
3: Uh, I, I think so. You know, but uh, you know what I mean. He banned the golf. Did he, he banned the golf. Yeah, he banned the golf, and uh, and the the golf was a big part of you know, and uh, he banned it. And still, he's probably right because he used to say, "Have you played golf in the while?" You work hard Tuesday if you play golf on the Wednesday it's still in your legs on a Thursday so then so I'm banning the golf and then I I had to go to him and say listen you know this is Tuesday afternoon can we play Tuesday afternoon then and then we'll have Wednesday with the kids and the families and and, uh, I had to say that but originally when he banned it on the Wednesday he would say right you're not playing and if I find out any easier because I'll find out because the phone would go on a Monday morning yeah (laughs) a phone would go I didn't know until I was on the staff They amount the people that phoned the club on a Monday.
2: Telling them at the place Where all the
3: boys had been the weekend. And it was the same in the golf. All right? Because if he puts it out there publicly, in the papers, a band of golf on a Wednesday. Then people start telling him. Yeah. He's yeah, not No, it, daft, uh, You know, you, you have somebody, Celtic supporter, at yeah. a golf club saying, your boys are out golfing the day at Bothwell or whatever it is, yeah. wherever they go, Dunblane. You know what I mean? So... Why do you? Listen, let us, we'll go out on a Tuesday afternoon.
2: So would that team, would they, would that team drink together? Would they, would they be big drinkers? would
3: oh, be? Who, who would be out? Who be <sighs> wasn't out? I mean, I was... They were all out. I mean, but you had your e You had the Bridge of Allen boys there. You Big Butcher and... Graham Roberts, of course, for Benham bit and... Kevin Jingle. Yeah. Chris Woods, you, you had all them boys, you know, uh-huh. and then you had all us on the other side, and Cricklewood and a Sunday lunch, did oh, <laughs> oh, right you? Oh. Right? oh, Cricklewood and a Sunday lunch, and and then with Gwynn and Hamilton, then again, and the and the cause. but the bulk of time was, was the wee afternoon sessions were, and, and the Graham had, well, he would have us in the Sunday morning, did uh, he? that. No, I loved it. No, you go they, to Monday? Didn't do anything with massages, uh-huh. but my, he just said, <laughs> away you go." Get the get the treatment tables. Get the showers on, get the soap, oh, buckets of soap Now just all the massages were going on then. <laughs> to the out, oh, then bro, out. It was brilliant.
2: Who was the best, who was the best laugh on it on a day?
3: Oh, the mall. Beach or ante, of course, it was just non stop. Just winding
2: people up all just, the time, Just
3: non stop. Coops and just I and mean, just in an alley, of course, you know. But you were in I remember being in the cricket on Sunday lunch and and with supporters pulling up chairs on it. Just, just, sitting there, just coming it? and sitting and having a beer and, you know, honestly, you know that us say would you like to be playing today? Yes, yes, I would. I would miss some things. Stuff like, like that. The, so yeah, just yeah. you know that wee bit that people are too quick to get on their phones, but I'd love to be playing today. Yeah.
2: Did you ever get the other side? That obviously <coughs> you're not in Ireland. Did you ever get any trouble when you were in Glasgow? <laughs> <laughs>
3: It was safer in Belfast than Glasgow. Really, yeah. yeah because in Belfast and you were to go where not go, to go. Uh... In Glasgow, half a city loves you and half a city hates you. You know? other people waiting on in car parks after speaking at dinners and you know. all. Have yeah. Celtic man, ah. So it's just I know, didn't enjoy that story you told about it. It's not it's only a football story, lads, you know. Yeah. So but in Belfast you know where they're going, but, but Belfast isn't like that now. Belfast is rocking at the minute.
2: Uh, See, so just what what's the uh, what's the worst you've seen Goals, you seen him go at Sunday?
3: Well, oh, Graham Roberts. What for? Well, he didn't. He it didn't go at him. It was just a, an incident that happens that you know that. Listen, you got to back down here, with Graham. You better back down because there's only one winner here, and I mean, Graham could look after himself. Graham fine. Roberts or Graham Siness, both. Graham Souness. right? And uh, but we we'll played at Aberdeen at Ibrox, and uh, the beat is one now, and we all come up. Rabble still deep, Aberdeen scores, so Graham comes in and says, What are you doing, Rubble? I mean, what? The goal. What are you? He said, are you blaming me for the goal? I am blaming you for the goal. Why? How come you blaming me? Because the back four stepped up, Newstead in, and Aberdeen said, and that wasn't my fault. So then, I said, Rubble, come on, settle it. You know you should have been pushed. He are you It was my fault. So, can you just are you telling me that you're not taking responsibility for that goal? I'm not taking responsibility for that goal. In the shower, get your boots. You'll never kick another ball for us. Wow! And you never kicked another ball.
2: Because you wouldn't have meant to be up. Never kicked another ball. Was Walter the same as as soon as could he be Is just as scary. Walter. <sighs> Scarier. Was he? Oh,
3: I've I, I seen Walter come into a room once. We we're sitting on the pint when We shouldn't have done at a hotel. Couple of nights or two, couple of nights before a game, and some of the boys were had sitting on the paint, and he just come in in the door. you were all sitting there. We we'll we got a meet in this hotel. We we'll got you could get you know what one of them things where the the, the hotel had films. Hey. You could plug it, you could push it and in. I, I, the watch the film? No, cause they, cause they were upstairs drinking, having a glass of wine and all good, and Wilkins, uh, <coughs> because that's what they did. Did they had a glass yeah. of red wine with their dinner? And that, our boy said it was all right to have a few pints. <laughs> so, <laughs> they went when this room, organizer it. Get in that room, stick a film in, we're watching whatever it was. When he finds you a couple of paints, I have the a glass of wine up there. Hello, yeah, Shane is down here in It's <laughs> <laughs> so scale. And the, I think it was a wee flaggy. He just had to put, And the door open. And well, I'm sitting in the back of the room, and Walter comes in that door, a wee flaggy, and he just sneaks quietly up and down. And he said, "He's just about to put it in his mouth to watch this film," and he grabbed the glass and fuck, smashes it, the paint pot, against the wall, right the laddies up the stairs. You think a hard, thing and paint the and then he, but they're up away and up early. Get up, I mean, oh, I, oh, you see, Walter. Well, could he go ahead?
2: Uh, oh, f- could you tell back then that he was going to be a top manager even when he was an assistant. Yeah, he could have. Huh? Yeah,
3: because in the listen, listen. I don't know. I don't know how the other players felt, but it, but I felt it. If I wasn't playing well for three or four weeks in a row, you'd go and buy somebody else. Yeah. You could do that then, you know. Mm. So But it, it wasn't a case of Tommy come here You're having a hard time at the minute and tie this or do this, so why don't there's none of that. You just get through it. Yeah, and if you weren't yeah, playing well, in my opinion, this is it, it's we'll go and buy somebody else. Whereas Walter well, was was like it was ruthless, you know, and that's in rightly so. Yeah. Whereas Walter was a wee bit more understanding. You know, if you said well I'm having a hard time at the minute. Is there anything in my game that you know you don't think's right and all? So you could talk I would never dream of saying that to Graham because listen, you has got to win the league.
2: Yeah.
3: You know, so are not doing your job. Yeah. A... yeah. You win the league. If you're not doing your job, well come and get somebody else can do it, you know. But but Walter over the years was um yeah, you could always oh you could tell that Walter was yeah. gonna take it away. Uh, just finally on the readers, you won another title in your final
2: year. Uh, why did you leave?
3: Because, like I said, I was uh, that was it, and I was, I was thirty, I was thirty two, I was thirty two. going in the next season, and I thought that's it. I'm going to wrap it. And the young lads in the reserves, and I'm going to help. I'm going to concentrate on the coaching, and I'm going to bring the young lads through. And and, uh, and that was the idea. And I was living, in, I was living in a nice fishing battle on the golf course, and. That was it. And then I, I got a do? phone call. I got a phone call from uh, <clears throat> Tim Leishman. He says, We've just been promoted on Fermland. We need experienced players. We've got big Dougie Rugby. We've got this Van Cosmo. Listen, we've seen you've been playing with the serves and you're in know, it. What's your situation? Now here's me sitting, I'm gonna pack it in. Deep down knowing that I've always said to myself, after the Bobby Chardon thing, reading that, that affected me that for him regretting that. Yeah, So long I always as thought can. to myself, I'll play the game. Play the game as long as you can, because you're a long time not playing. And it, 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 it was that moment where I thought, here's an opportunity to keep playing. And my gut feeling was, God, I fancy that. I fancy that. And he says, right, what's the score? I said, I'll go and speak to game and Walter. And then, I've had a phone call from Big Lease. To go and help him try and stay in it, you know, and... I mean, what are you thinking? I said, I want to play. I really miss playing. He said, well, that would be the same. He said, if, if, if it wasn't for the Rangers' job, I'd probably still be at Sampdoria. Yeah. So, that was it. <clears throat> so I left and went to Dunfermline, and that's and that's why I left, because I've just resigned the fact I was in my last game at 32, taking reserves, seeing what would happen in the coaching yeah. world after that.
2: Quickly, on to the World Cup to Northern Ireland. Do you know what right. i about this Sunday said.
3: No, I don't I don't, I don't. like speaking about 86. 86 was a dis- because we, You wanted to go and do your best. We didn't do it. Why not? Do. Because we were poor. Mm-hmm. We drew one each with Algeria. got beat 2-1 by Spain. Got cut by Brazil, 3-0. You know, it was a different... You, you felt inferior. You, you felt... A, That's you a horrible
2: like, feeling. That, like, you know what I mean? Uh, you think,
3: uh, shouldn't be on the scene. I shouldn't have played the same game as some of these boys. You know, whereas the other time... I never felt like that. 82. The first, and the expectation, because 82 and 86, the whole vibe was totally different. It was a great experience for the supporters, yeah. the players, everybody it was brilliant. But as a professional sense, gee, we've never done ourselves. you know.
2: 82 then, what's your favourite memory for 82?
3: Beating Spain Friday night, one wow. down to 10 men. And we drew with, her, we drew with um, Yugoslavia in the Leeds, so we drew with Honduras, one each. And we we're based in uh, Valencia, but we flew up to Zaragoza for the games and then back to Valencia. The <clears base. throat> and then the last game was Spain in Valencia, the home nation. The, and listen, the odds are we've got no chance. Uh-huh. Beat Jerry them Armstrong. one and big, and big Jerry Armstrong scored from across with Billy Hamilton outside right. And I remember Big Billy Hamilton. And Big Billy was a big centre forward, actually, and a big hardy boy. But Big Jerry Armstrong played outside right in that tournament, and it just shows you, and, and Billy Bingham always said to me, he says, I had two years of Billy's assistant. He said to me, never underestimate the importance of your senior players. In 82, before we went to, to Spain, we had 10 days in Brighton. <laughs> North Ireland had 10 days in Brighton. <laughs> Scotland went <laughs> to America. <laughs> England went <laughs> to America. North Ireland went to Brighton. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, the luckiest people in the world. It was the best summer
2: for years and
3: years. They had to send over for sun, block and sun, something, <laughs> and all this. burnt with the mixed iron. What,
2: you factor 50? You're a, factor you're 50, a, yeah, uh, I know. Uh, factor 50
3: was... It was the best summer ever. And shows hard. And... Um, it was like a pre season getting ourselves. Uh, anyway, going to Spain from Brighton from Gatwick and big patch innings. Said the Billy Pingham, he says, I don't know what your your thoughts are and what the team's gonna be. I'm not asking what the team's gonna be. But he said, see them ten days. He says, Norman White says your best finisher. But he's only sixteen, he hasn't kicked a ball for Man United. He said, I'm just telling you. He's the best finisher. You said Big Billy Hamilton, your centre forward, take a touch, Big something. So by the time they take their touch, I can come out and get my angles and get myself set. Norman, t- poof. Oh, so touched.
2: it was the goalie who had seen in training that he was Pat a bit Jennings, right, okay, yes. uh, yeah, right.
3: So because he's up against him, the crossing, the, cross the finishing, right, right, okay. the shooting. now, he said White he's your best finisher. The ball's gone past me as I'm on the way out. As I'm on the way out, set myself he's up for angles, got it touching in the back of net. Whereas the other ones touch, touch, weigh things up, I can get yeah. me on top of it. He said he's the best finisher. I'm just telling you, he's the best finisher, that young lad. What happens? Look at the Spain. Big Jerry plays outside right. It was Jerry Armstrong and Billy Hamilton were up front. They were the ones that got us to the World Cup. Yeah. Big Jerry went the outside right. Norman Whiteside went centre forward with Billy Hamilton. Sixteen, you know. Jerry Armstrong was in voted the British player of the tournament at outside right. Wow. Because he was fit. how I would work working on it. I know. Could you just have Um, a drink
2: then? Would you have, like, your days off and that, would you you be able to have a drink now?
3: There was something happened at, oh, jeez, I don't know. Go and tell us. At Suzo's nightclub. Oh, my God. We played Yugoslavia, and we went up to Zaragoza. We were in Valencia, fly to Zaragoza, play the game and fly back. And uh, so we flew back. And footballers being footballers, (laughs) I'd go, I played football. I'm having a night out. Uh, <laughs> he never thought anything of it. So, it sounds bad, sounds unprofessional. I, I don't know where I should, but he went out after the game. Four or five of us went out. Went to Suzo's nightclub. Uh, that's right. No, it wasn't all right, because nobody, had, no, wasn't allowed. Right. We didn't know. We just thought, oh, come on, get shark shirt, get the jeans on, get the t-shirt on, let's go out uh, one down. Right. And, that. Uh, two days later after the Yugoslavia game the press came to me and says Jimmy what has Billy seen you yet I said it's in the papers what about you being has been in Suzo's nightclub after the Yugoslavia game drank the drank the nightclub out of drink, <laughs> streaming <laughs> falling out the place <laughs> right? so you're so joking it's in the papers oh jeez look at that to... I don't even know if we should we shouldn't even there was only four or five wasn't it? and um and he said, well, I said, should... so we all the players, the ones that were mentioned in the paper, just the ones that were right, just them ahead, just them ahead. but we weren't out, we never weren't out. So then we're, we're training two, two days later, we're training, and Billy's walking around, he comes to me and he says, Jim, Jim, I don't know if it's been brought to your attention, but it's in the, the papers that um, you were in Suzo's nightclub two nights ago after Yugoslavia came. <laughs> and now <I> says." <just, laughs> I Be in Suzo's nightclub, Billy, because if the game was something about flyback, I wouldn't have been heard about one or two in the morning. How can I be in Suzo's nightclub? It's ridiculous. Yes, Jim, Jim, don't get up. I know, I know propaganda, Jim, propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> so you got away with it. So I go jogging right into the next one before Billy gets to him, and I said, Big Billy Hamilton, Billy. Just deny it, deny it, I've denied it. Billy thinks it's propaganda. Just deny it. Run in the direction, just deny it. <laughs> so he we went there into the fibre, mentioned the paper, the fibre. right. I don't know where they got the names from with it. So that was I was that was a bit scary but
2: what was your uh, what was your thoughts playing the League Cup final? He said, like, <coughs> you could did you think you could beat
3: them? Well at the time that everybody was talking about the raceovers have no chance, even though Celtic... Form was poor going in the final. It didn't really matter. It was a final so they we were expected to win. So, But it was like everything else. When you're in that position, I never, ever spoke to anybody about Man United and Rangers. The only thing I ever spoke about players is what you can actually achieve when you put your mind to it, it was Northern Ireland beating Spain, 1-0 in Spain. I would always refer to that game. What you can actually do, a group of players going about the job they're properly, doing their job the best they can, what you can actually achieve in a game. And that's the only thing I ever spoke to Raith Rovers players about, about that. And then going into the game, you have a decision to make, and the decision was, because we'd experienced players in the group, and God, Ian Redford and all, God love him, and we'd experienced players about the place running. I I decided to play the kids. I spoke with Martin Harvey, my assistant, who was a great assistant for me. He was the assistant manager with Billy Bingham and Northern Iron, and I brought him to Raith, and he was great for me, so he was. And he just kept me, you know, <laughs> and uh I said, I'm gonna play the kids. Three, five, two, and play the three in the middle of park. But Stevie Crawford's a centre forward. It doesn't matter. Jason Durr's a winger. It doesn't matter. Mickey Cameron's a mid Why did you decide to do that? Because I just wanted I just I wanted just legs and energy. enthusiasm and Yeah, I wanted the energy and th- the worst thing that happened when you're playing Celtic Rangers is you can be you can be confident, you can be this, you can, you're prepared, you can if you get an early setback, if they score against you early, then you are going to be set back, knocks a stuffing out of you. You know, even senior players. So I thought it won't it won't knock a stuffing out of you. And they'll still look, have yeah. their legs. Yeah. They'll try they've got the energy to do something about the situation. So my only thinking, to be honest with you, was although they might have been out of position, Stevie and Jason, I wasn't worried. We kept talking about me and Martin kept talking about the energy in the middle of the Park. How much they at just the energy, and, uh, and unfortunately there were senior players that missed out on it, but it turned out all right. And and the whenever I scored, uh, the equaliser were, it proved dividends in the extra time. Should have won it in extra time. Yeah. Should have won only because of that. The experience that we had with Alley Graham and Gordon Dale. The experience David Nairi was voted man of match. David Neri was David Nairi was brilliant. A brilliant, brilliant asset he was for us because with Sean Dennis and Davey Sinclair, two aggressive young channels. Big Davey nearly looked after them. He's voted man of match.
2: How was the nerves when it went to penalties?
3: Well, the only, again, the only thing I ever said to him, because it took penalties before the... As if it gets the penalties, lads, we may as well practise them. Again, the only thing I said to him is, and the people don't realise it, it was, a, it was announced that the League Cup winners it was gonna be the last time that they could represent Scotland in Europe. Right. That that was that was the last, the last time it was team, ever right. gonna happen. And so anybody can win a cup on the day, even you know, if the, the opposition are off their game or whatever, you might be lucky, you can win it overnight. But to get into Europe, so I'd say to players, listen, lads, this. this is an incredible situation. Wraith <laughs> Rovers are 90 minutes away from Europe. That's the only thing I ever said to him. We're 90 minutes away from Europe. Extra time. Listen, lads. We're 30 minutes away from Europe. We're over 30 minutes away from Europe. We're a penalty kick. <laughs> Listen, we're a penalty kick away from Europe. That's the only thing I say. A penalty kick away from Europe, lads. Reprzanska. And so when they did it, and people say, it must have been great for you, tell Beating Celtic at Ibrox, listen, it was, but the biggest thing was rear Rovers going to represent Scotland in Europe the following year. That's all I kept thinking Would that
2: have been one of the best fields in your career, wouldn't it? Undoubtedly.
3: Yeah. That, beating Liverpool in the Cup, and Northern Ireland beating Spain, all the three times that you weren't expected to Are do anything, you weren't expected to do anything, and you actually achieved it, that's, you know, it's... If you're playing for big clubs and eight or nine years are playing well and two or three of us aren't, we can still win a game okay, of football. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, that's, that's not the case with Northern Ireland and Wraith in them days. Uh, right,
2: just quickly, Jimmy, Millwall, is it, is it, as, is it as tough as they make it?
3: Listen, it was great for me because you have to gain experiences in this job and how you can handle situations. Now, I had it so good at Wraith Rovers for six years. We started off part-time and them boys give you everything. And the done they achieved what they achieved. And I went from that to then working with fellas on a lot more money. In them days, even then, it's five, six, eight grand a week. Cars, Russians, Germans, Croat, you know, all different cultures, all different, different. and I was a learning curve from it, and I never handled it. I fell out with everybody. Why? just... Standards, It just just thought they could swan about and do it. I had a boy, I had a boy walked off it on Thursday. we we're winning we the i went the, we on the Saturday. We played uh, we're trained the following Thursday. And um, there's a big boy Uve Fuchs, centre forward, and uh, so it's half eleven then the Thursday morning, so right lads crossing and finishing, right? Full back swingers get away, do this, do that, and uh, big Uwe's walking off the pitch. Now there was a group of about ten, twelve old men used to watch the training every day, and they're all standing there. And Uwe walks off the pitch. I said, where are you going, Ive? He says, uh, it is 11.30, and uh, I finish training now, I go see the physio, and then I have a massage, and I have, no, 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 we're doing crossing and finishing here. you be, yes, he says, but in Germany? I said, don't care about Germany, what you did in Germany. Don't care what you did with previous manager. You're not in Germany now. And we're doing crossing and finishing, and the evidence of last week, you need it. <laughs> so stay out here. He says, no. He says, in Germany, I do... I said, I don't care what you do in Germany. I don't care. Now, if you walk off his training session, you walk in that shower and pump at you, and that you're not involved the weekend. And he walked off. I got a phone call at half past two from Graham Top, the chief executive. He said, Jimmy, get yourself to the ground. I went from training ground over to the new den. He said, did you have an incident with... Um, with uh, Uwe Fuchs today? I? I says, aye. He walked off the training pitch at half 11. And he says, Well, he phoned us from Catwick Airport. And he says that uh, he's not coming back to Millwall uh, because you mentioned, the war. <laughs> 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 just, I mentioned the, the war. I never mentioned the war. I, says he, I kept saying Germany, uh-huh. but I kept saying he's not in Germany. In I never mentioned the war. you never seen him again. Wow. He went to Hansa Rostock on loan. Crazy. So all these different things, just you know, and it was a learning curve. Did you ever get a scary
2: experience with fans? Did they ever turn
3: on you? At three hundred, waiting for him in the car park, threw me in the office.
2: Shitting yourself. Huh? Aye.
3: There was a bloke who played. Uh, look, I beat by walking in a cup in the middle of January, and uh, and uh, there was a bloke at the training ground on his own, and Keith Stevens, the captain, says, "All right, Gaff." I I've go got a contract out. And he, <laughs> you want to see this boy? <laughs> scurry. Crombie the hang of him. And uh, <coughs> I said, well, "Where you go, lads, for your? Um, where you go for your warm up?" So I go over to a bloke, and I says, "Are you a friend of one of the players? Can I help you?" He said, "No, Jimmy." He says, "I'm one of the Millwall men from the '60s, '70s." And he said, "I'm going to tell you now. He says, there's still a hardcore out there, 30, 40, and they're going to get you at the weekend.'" Fuck and I says, just- "We what, what mean physically. Physically, they're going to get you." Believe me, they're going to get you. So I get a phone call from Graham. Get yourself over to Den. Over to Den that afternoon. He said, Jimmy, this is Chief Inspector Jones or whatever his name was. He says, um, we've got people in pubs and all, Jimmy, and uh, just let you know, that there's a wee hardcore and they're going to get you at the weekend. <laughs> We're home to Preston. They're going to get you at the weekend. Uh, so where are you going to be sitting? Uh, well, for a start, I said, I know all about it, why? Because there's a bloke at the training ground told me to, uh-huh. this morning. He said, well... Where are you going? I said, I'm going to be in the dugout. He said, well, we'll people around the dog dugout. But if you're going to be in the, in the director's box, all people people around the director's <laughs> box. Getting beat 2-0. we we'll win 3-2. Went up to Sheffield United and, and the Tuesday night get beat 1-0. We're playing Bristol City this Saturday. The blokes are again the Thursday. You were lucky last week. Oh, They're course. going to get you this week. <laughs> Getting beat 1-0 by Bristol City. One each. 2-1. Big Joe Jordan's the manager of Bristol City. Getting beat 2-1. From the centre ball breaks for a I'm screaming for a throwin. Big Joe screaming for a throwin. I turn, Joe, you're winning the game two-one. It's only a throwin. I'm fine for my life here. It's hard throwing, right? Uh-huh. And then he just, gee, go, ah, all round the ground. Turn round. They're coming on the pitch this way. They grab me. A policeman, a policewoman, half past four. Grab me. Up the tunnel. <coughs> bring down the big shutters. Open the office and threw me in the office. Ten to seven, they threw me in the back of a car. Oh my 10 God! Ten to seven. Man. Jerry Docks or physio, got the car, and every now and again the police would come in and you could see out the window, and there the was horses and everything. That the, the police said there's about two hundred fifty three hundred out there, and they threw me in the back of a car ten to seven.
2: You know who organised that, didn't you? <laughs> big fox. Big fox. <laughs> big stranger. Oh, big, you fox <laughs> Yeah, big fucks. Uh, just quickly, when you went back to Rangers as a coach, uh, how, how did that come about?
3: I was at Falkirk with well, Paul Harley, Paul asked me to go in. Then, oh, so did uh, you did? Uh, yeah, I was at a Falkirk. It was yeah. only there four or five weeks. And, uh, and the phone goes, Stuart Robertson. And I thought, oh, Jesus, be, this will be about Michael. I was My first thought, this will be about Michael Michael O'Neill
2: going to Rangers, like? Aye,
0: just, just, I thought maybe uh,
3: Stuart's. I, I didn't know, but that was my first thought. And I took it out in the pitch, because you couldn't get a good reception in the office. I took it out in the pitch. And I said, hi, hey, Stuart, how you doing? I met him with a couple of Rangers golf dudes And uh, I said, about Mega?" He said, no, it's about you. I said, what? Well, he says, Green's got a job till the end of the season. And he says, if you'll come in with him till the end of the season. You no, know, I'm just putting the feelers out for him.
2: And I said,
3: you're joking. I'd just dip in and say to Paul. And I went in Paul and said, listen, that's, that's... Graeme's got a job at the end of the season. He wants to know if he'll come in with and turn and help until the end of the season. But I've only, but I've only just arrived, right, you know, uh-huh. so they were good enough to give him a... So he says, well, I'll go see Margaret. That shouldn't be a problem. So they did. They were good enough to let me go and give me an opportunity. You know, at my age, getting an opportunity like that, uh, uh, you know. You and get then, the
2: butterflies in that again when yeah, leaving at that age, Yeah. Edge, when uh. you're driving
3: in, you know, uh, you're driving in and from. You know, you listen, you just stay in the game. You know, you're Kaiden Beattie, you're Falker, you're these places, and you just, just stay in, the just enjoy your working, and then, and you, you know, all of a sudden, you, you go to up the training ground, the barrier goes up, and there's your car park space, and you get got this big motor, and pff, away you going. Said, this is great, even uh-huh. if it's only for five, six months.
2: How was the atmosphere when you first went in?
3: It was good, because it, I went in one day, and the next day they flew to Florida. Because oh, it was, winter break. So was a break. So it was a great opportunity to, to get for 10, the and 12, two stuff weeks. That, huh? Brilliant. So once we get there, first thing I did, take everybody for a meal and all, because there was other sign-ins come in, and it was great. Just everything was all... It was brilliant. I really, really enjoyed it. Who
2: did you like? Who, what players did you like at Rangers when you first went? Who, who impressed
3: you? Uh, I know it sounds a wee bit... But all the all scratch boys. Is it? Aye. Uh, me, Jason Holt and Andy Halliday and them boys, Graeme Dorns and all, Ross McCrory. All of them. Some of the... You know, that's why I hate talking about it, because the Rangers gave me an opportunity. Yeah. They're brilliant. But, you know, I honestly, look, there's sometimes, like I said before, there was honestly people getting out of their cars that didn't look as old. They were in love with the game.
2: Mm. And then they like,
3: that's just a gift. And so you get to find out their characters and what they're like and the you go. So. But unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't work out for good. But it started
2: off well, did not it? Because second half of the season, it started yeah. really well, didn't it? No, it was good. I mean, for whatever reason,
3: they've either took a wee turn themselves. thought, come on in, get a wee bit of form. Graeme goes in, does what he does with Jonathan Johansson. It was good. I enjoyed working. Didn't didn't do much. Graham was doing I do the odd things. You know, just do what I do, yeah. and uh, and really just with just individuals. Come on, you're better than that. Come on, you know, and just like, paint the picture a wee bit, and uh, just contributing what you what you do in your own way. And I, uh, the, the
2: standards <coughs> slipped a wee bit when you played at Interstate. Did you try and bring that back, but the standards back? Um. Um.
3: Let, there were things happening yeah. that I couldn't do anything about. And once you give up, once the players give up, you give up yourself.
2: Yeah.
3: I remember seeing a thing about um, when when Harry Raden was the manager of Spurs, <coughs> and it, it's a four o'clock game on a Sunday, and they're all coming off the bus with headphones. And it looks terrible, doesn't it? It looks yeah. as though they're sitting on the bus and not talking to each other. And they interviewed Harry, and they said that about the headphones. She says, Harry, what about all these players with the headphones coming he said, there's nothing I can do about it. I don't mm. like it. There's nothing I can do about it. Because if I take the headphones off them and they don't win a the game, they'll tell me it's part of their preparation. Mm. You've interfered with my preparation. So that's what's like. They're so sensitive, everything's so that and so there was there was more good there was more good times than bad times. There was more good things happening than bad things. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't perfect. Because yeah. there's things going on, he turned out, come on. Come on, you're getting an opportunity to play for a club and you know and you're earning the money, God's sake, at least gives a decent
2: training session. Yeah. That sort of thing. Right, okay. But the bulk of them were all good. Did you feel sorry for Graham after, I think it was after the three two game at Celtic Park it kinda went into a bit of a free fall? Did you feel sorry for, for yeah, Graham Yeah, because you
3: know, that's that's when it that, that's when it did. That was a lot, that
2: was the opportunity. That was the chance,
3: chance to yeah. do something about the city. See before
2: or, that did you think we could we can do this? We yeah, can but win it? Honestly, every
3: listen, it doesn't matter what we think. But if you go into work and you get a certain feeling that the players are confident, the players are enjoying them. You do get that he feedback. Buzzer, get that feedback that they're confident. We'll be, if we get a wee setback, we'll be all right, we'll do so. And that, But that never materialised, you know, as it proved in the semi-final as well. So, <clears throat> But anyway, it was, a, it was some experience. And then whenever Graham, uh, with three games to go, and they asked me or JJ to take over, and... And so said, I'll do it, but I'll need to ask Graham first. And Graham said, do it, do it. Then. So, did you love it? Huh? Well, uh, we well, we'll, we'll beat Kilmarnock. And we will we'll uh. up the Aberdeen, drew with Aberdeen. And then my last game was Hibs at Easter Road. Didn't I? What was your score? We were 3-0 down after 27 minutes. <laughs> and I'm bringing on Bruno Elvis. <laughs> well, what way did I finish? 5-8. Oh, 5-8. It
2: was Le- Lennon's last game as well, wasn't it? Uh, no,
3: sorry, when he was in the... Uh, yeah, was... But the, the Rangers supporters the season, were down sorry, there. Uh, of all the experiences I've had in football, I never thought of would experience... I thought I had experience. We're 3-0 down after 27 minutes and all the Rangers supporters are down there. And I just looked around and I thought, this is going to be six before half-time. At three now, we'll still get a chance. I better bring on a centre-half. JJ, well, get Bruno warmed up. You're joking. He said, centre-half, for three down. I said, look, a six. Don't get him on. Get him on. And he goes on and he gets out the dugout and he runs down towards the Rangers supporters. And I can hear the rain supporting Bruno bringing on So I'm standing there, and I go, Bruno, come here. Halfway between Bruno coming from the corner to the halfway line, we scored three-one. Right. Bruno gets his gear off, and JJ says, "Jimmy, what? He's still doing this? We're still doing it, JJ. Get him on. Tell him what he's got to do. Just get him on. Who's coming off? I can't remember who came off." Get him on. Bruno's getting his gear off. Three two. <laughs> so now i have got Jimmy Bell, we Mourinho. He's a wee kit man. He's turning. He can't do it now, right? <laughs> what he's saying that the kit man's telling you. Them. <laughs> you can't bring on Bruno. We're in the game. I said we're bringing Bruno on, right? He's going on. Don't change it. They're all booing. I can hear the whole. I can hear. Like, what the hell's he doing? Somebody comes in. Bruno goes on, just that's the reason why I come on, because I got a free kick, 30 yards from goal. to just him around, hook the boy, Bruno goes on, takes a free kick and scores. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, the I'm best manager, manager ever, <laughs> Mourinho Fergie, all wrapped up in one. <laughs> it's three each now. In the in the dressing room half-time, I said, lads, we're gonna win this. We're going to win this because their defence is worse than ours. It'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing I said. I never go 4-3 up, 5-3 up. <laughs> the Rangers are Portage, the, the ones that hadn't left, mm. they can't believe it. 5-3 up there. God, they're... they're singing the words of Sash to the tune of Sunshade not they, they don't know what's happening. Right? <laughs> they're, just, they're so confused. And that's 5-4, five, 5 each. That's what we need to do. In the were playing all five each. and then that was it. That was. um uh, it good to get that buzz back? It from? was. It was great. At, at least that we went undefeated. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So we'll, we'll be coming. to come on. I anyway, it doesn't matter. And then straight after the game, we just there was a meeting on the the next day about you know new managers coming in. And so I spoke to Mark Allen. Mark said, "Listen, I said that's fair enough. Listen, thanks for the opportunity great. and great." That was it, you know, so it was another episode and well, experience. Well, that
2: would be the last game we see you as a manager? Or are you going to go back in it? I,
3: listen, I always say it, it doesn't frustrate me being number two and it doesn't frighten me being number one. So I don't care. Whatever the circumstances are in the game, if anybody thinks you can contribute anything to a club that might be able to help, then I'm always sharing. I've always shared it, it. Listen, I don't care if I'm a kit man when i as long as
2: as long as I'm in the game. Jamie, it's mm-hmm. been a pleasure. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thanks very much. Mate. Great, Cheers, Good
0: mate. to see Thank you, Paul. Hey, you know that feeling you get when you sense a team's winning streak is about to end? Or when you know the pundits are getting it all wrong? That feeling? That's me. I'm your hunch. I was there back in Istanbul when you just knew the comeback was on. I'm the guy that tells you when the odds don't look so odd. I'm your hunch. It's time to start listening. Heed your hunch with Betway. Download the app to find out more about Betway's Bet Club. Full terms apply. 18 Bet the responsible way. You know that feeling you get when you sense a team's winning streak is about to end? Or when you know the pundits are getting it all wrong? That feeling? That's me. I'm your hunch. I was there back in Istanbul when you just knew the comeback was on. I'm the guy that tells you when the odds don't look so odd. I'm your hunch. It's time to start listening. Heed your hunch with Betway. Download the app to find out more about Betway's Bet Club. Full terms apply. 18plus.lui.net. Bet the responsible way. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers.